Hey, Top Fan Rivalry followers, it is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. We are coming to you with another returning guest, a team that is in the National League Central. We're going to talk a little bit about that here in a second. Um, but I want to welcome Casey back in, who's a Brewers fan. Casey, how are you doing? Good, Bill. How are you doing? I'm not going to complain, man. It's a couple of days away from Christmas, and this is going to launch here pretty quick. And I'm excited about it. And so let's just talk. We got World Baseball Classic coming up. Winter meetings are over. Um, it's going to be 76 degrees on Christmas Day for us, not for you guys. So let's just have a little quick conversation. So first of all, let's start out with offseason moves. Have you seen anything significant from the Brewers organization during the offseason? Anything that you, you're not really excited about or anything that you are excited about? I mean – the only individual move that I wasn't uh, super psyched about was trading Renfro um, coming off a career year. He wasn't that expensive, um, at least in my opinion, the $11 million a year. Um, I didn't think that would be an issue for the Brewers. So to see them unload him um, was surprising, but I still think that the Brewers have a super strong outfield and a pretty strong roster um, even without him. The one thing um that I kind of heard some people like on the radio and whatnot talking about was if you knew you were going to trade Renfro, um, like what could that package have looked like if they had kept Hater until the off season packaged those two together. Yeah. Um, and I think we all kind of know how the Hater trade worked out at least this year for the Brewers. They played <laughs> under 500 baseball and missed out on the postseason um, after dealing him. So whether or not those two things are, you know, directly knows that the Brewers missed out on the postseason they played pretty poor baseball after letting them go so there's just kind of that what if like okay if they had held on to Hater, and then they dealt those two in a package like what could you have got back for them but um like I said like the the direction of the franchise I think is still still strong they got a lot of young guys coming up still um so at the end of the day it's you know it's just a trade and that's the way that the business works exactly so my next question is about the young guys coming up, because I don't know much about the Brewers organization. We don't hear a lot here in L.A. about the Brewers. I, we had a couple of rivalry games with you a couple of seasons back. Um, I know you probably sent Chris Taylor a Christmas card after he made that catch out in center field. I'm sure he's on your Christmas card list every year now, right? Bad memories. <laughs> naughty list. He's on the naughty list every year. He's on the naughty he's list. Brewer killer. <laughs> but um, this. So first of all, tell me what you thought about all these these crazy contracts that we saw this offseason. And then talk to me about the Brewer. And there's a method to my madness here. So talk to me first about these crazy contracts that you saw. And then talk to me a little bit about um, letting the kids play, so to speak. And who do you guys got in your farm system that you're really looking uh, excited about? And, and where do you think that goes? Well, yeah, so as far as the contracts go, I mean, you'll never see one of those from Milwaukee, I don't think. I mean, the money <laughs> being thrown around by the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees, I mean, it's astronomical. Like, it's bigger than the Brewers will ever be able to afford. So I kind of just, like, I kind of let it go. And it's like, as a Brewers fan, and I think any fan of a small market team can kind of relate to it, and it's like, okay, I wish we had um, – 
the salary cap or some kind of spending limit just to like even the playing field out a little bit. But then I always try to remember that like when it comes down to the postseason, it's like anything can go your way, anything can go their way. So you can spend as much money as you want on stars all throughout the season, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee um, that you're going to get the ultimate prize, which is that World Series trophy at the end of the year. Um, so that's kind of just what I try to try to keep in mind um, as far as that goes. Is the uh, the World Series isn't won in the off season; like they still play the games on the field, and anything can happen out there. And honestly, like the talent gap between these guys is so small where it's like they're still going to compete with each other. Obviously, if you have a team like Baltimore where you're scrapping together a team of, you know, minor leaguers essentially and playing at like a 40 or $50 million payroll, you're not going to compete with the Yankees. But when you have guys who are on teams like the Brewers who are proven major leaguers and all-stars and everything like that, um, you know, I think it's it comes down to little things. And, you know, like I said, you're not going to win – that World Series, you're not going to win games in the offseason. So, yeah. Um, now, tell me about the young kids coming up. And I'm going to come back for what, why I just asked you that in a second. But yeah, tell me about I'm the young kids. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think that the feeling that I kind of have now is um, what I felt back like two, 2007, 2008, when we had Prince, um, Braun, Weeks, Hart, all of them coming up kind of at the same time. That's kind of the same way I feel about this group coming up right now. Um, I know they just purchased uh, Bryce Turing's contract. Um, so he's projected to kind of look like a stud infielder. He's played really well in the minors these last few seasons, um, former first-round draft pick. Uh, and I think trading Wong to the uh, to the Mariners kind of opened up the door for him to be, uh, to be a contributor at the major league level this year. Um, and then they got a couple of studs that are coming up in the outfield. We saw a little bit of Garrett Mitchell um, this past season. Um, playing a little bit of center, kind of platooning with Tyrone Taylor. So I think we'll see a lot of him, and I'm excited to see what he does. And then they got two other guys, uh, Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer, who uh, I'm excited to see both of them. Like, I don't watch a lot of minor league baseball. I don't follow too closely. But from what I've read and from the stats and stuff that I see, I mean, it seems like they got a pretty deep, uh, pretty deep group of young guys coming up. So I'm excited to see it. See you tonight. I love hearing that, and I'll tell you why. So the reason why I asked you that question about the signings is, you're at, first of all, you're absolutely right. The game isn't won or lost in the offseason. They still have to play the games. 162 games is a long season. Anybody can get hurt. Um, you know, anytime you can fall a foul ball off your ankle and be out for three months, mm-hmm. right? Um, where... Big signings bother me is because then they push out the young kids from playing. And so where are you going to find another Prince Fielder or a, so like take the Mets, for example, no disrespect to the Mets, but first base, they have Alonzo second base. They have O'Neill third base. They have uh, Carlos Correa. And then at shortstop, they have Francisco Lindor. So if you're a shortstop or a third baseman, let's say predominantly a third baseman, uh, in the Mets organization in AAA, you know you're never going to see the big leagues with the Mets. They just mm-hmm. signed a 12-year contract with Carlos Correa. So you know at some point you're going to be traded to a different organization to get up there. And where do you find your next Carlos Correa? Where do you find your next Kristen Yelich? Where do you find your next um, uh, Prince Fielder, like you said, 
unless you let these guys play. And so it kind of bums me out to see all these huge contracts for such a long period of time. If you're a shortstop coming up in the Phillies organization, do you need to worry about whether or not you're ever going to play in Philadelphia in your career? Because Trey Thompson decided on an 11-year deal. Yeah. So, I mean, does that make sense in my thought pattern? Do you agree or disagree? It does. I get it, and I agree, like, to a certain extent, but I don't know if the money necessarily um, has an impact on it because it's like if you have a stud shortstop that you signed to a deal, mm-hmm. you're still – you're not going to take him out of the lineup to give the guy coming up the slot. I guess it's kind of where I see it. So I think the – the money in like the payroll is a separate issue in a way. Um, yeah. But I see where you're coming from. Definitely. So, so out here in LA right now, everybody's losing their minds because they don't feel like we have a good, good enough starting pitching staff. Right. So we have Dustin May coming back. He'll be a hundred percent. We've got Julio Rios coming back. I mean, well, really Rios, right. We got Clayton Kershaw, which we know he'll miss sometime, but we got Clayton Kershaw, right. We got Thor now. Um, and then now all of a sudden we may have Trevor Bauer because we've got to either pay him or trade him or release him. And so, and so my frustration level is there's a guy in, in the minors named Bobby Miller. Ryan Pepiao came up. Uh, Michael Grove came up. Andre Jackson came up. All these guys came up for a drink of water this last year, but we're never going to see him. If you have a five-man rotation that includes Bauer, Thor, Kershaw, Urias, and Dustin May, you're not coming up this year. No, I don't right. think you are. <laughs> I mean, and granted, I, I don't want to see them come up if that's the case, but you see what I'm saying, right? Where are you ever going to find your next Clayton Kershaw if these guys never come up? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. So. Make a good point. But I think there's always going to be the stars of the game are going to play, and then if you're stuck behind them, in whatever system you're in, that's just the way it's going to be. My dad actually, um, he's been friends since childhood with a guy who came up in the Royals organization. He was a third baseman. Uh, I think it was back in the 80s, 90s, whatever it was. But George the guy Brett. who was playing behind him was exactly George Brett. So he never got that taste of the big leagues. He got as high as his AAA and then, uh, you know, yep. never, got, never got past that. So, well, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. I mean, I I like watching the young kids play because they're fighting. That's why you like college baseball or college whatever, right? Because they're fighting to make it. The guy that just signed an 11-year, $300 million contract isn't fighting to make it anymore. He's made it. Right Now you've got the, oh, you know, I've got a neck injury. I'm going to be out for three weeks, but I'm still getting paid type thing. So I I like seeing the young guys play. And and. What I love about your division, Casey, is it's wide open. You don't have a powerhouse in your division. You can win 91 games and win that division. Right. Right. Makes it You're fun. not going to do that in the National East, not with the Mets and the the Braves and the Phillies or the National League West with the Dodgers and, and Padres. Right. So, right. And it kind of shifts, it seems like, in, uh, in the National League every couple of years. Like, I remember – what was it 2018 was when the central was a very good division or 2019 i think the brewers and cubs both won like 90 96 97 games or whatever it was and then played that game 163 and then was that the year it was either the east i want to say it was the east 
and they just kind of had teams just kind of limp to the finish line and yeah so it just kind of and that's any sport honestly like you see it in football too where one year there's a strong division and then the next year two years from then that's the weak division so you guys also benefit well i shouldn't say this i should have posed it as a question but do you agree or disagree with me here on this that you guys benefit from playing all 29 teams this year where whereas you're going to get some of the teams that are in the rebuilding mode like the a's the angels the uh royals teams that you wouldn't normally see well if you put it like that i'm not sure i don't know if it makes a huge impact because if you're playing a ton of um games against your division opponents like the reds and the pirates and i mean i want to say the cubs but the cubs i think have improved a little bit this offseason where you're not going to see them win only 65 or 70 games this year um so yeah i mean i don't think it makes a huge difference but i think it probably benefits the brewers to play more games against the teams um like you were mentioning the royals the a's the orioles the weaker teams but i don't think it's gonna maybe a game or two here maybe yeah yeah that's hard to tell it's going to be very hard to tell, but it, you know, now that you only, you don't play the, the pirates 19 times, you're only going to play them 13 times, but you're also going to play the A's three times. You're also going to play the Royals three times. You're also going to play other teams that are struggling more than you would normally. So it, it kind of the balancing act, I think it, it benefits you guys. You guys play in a great division and, I always say this, it's good when every baseball team is good. It's good for the MLB when every baseball team is good. But people like the Brewers, the teams that you don't always see in the postseason, but made over the last 10 years have made significant strides that direction. Um, it's good to see you guys good. It's not as much fun to see you guys, you know, lose 87 or 90 games. I mean, I, I actually like your organization, the way that it's ran and, who who isn't a fan of Harry Doyle? I mean, you got a ballpark that you got Harry Doyle walking around, right? Who's in a fan of Harry Doyle? Exactly. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, I think that's good for the game, and I think it's obviously good for those individual fan bases. But it's good to not only have interest, um, like obviously locally in like New York and Los Angeles and excitement, but it's good to have, like national attention on teams like the Brewers or the A's or the Orioles or whoever, and not just that national attention on the teams from the coast. Um, so yeah, good teams are good. <laughs> so, so if you were given the keys to the kingdom for a day, okay. So if you had Rob Manfield's job and you could impose any changes in the MLB, would you impose a change? Because, so you guys are in the Midwest. So getting to Chicago, getting to Wrigley is nothing. You can drive there from Milwaukee. Um, but Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, those aren't drives. Those are flights. Would you impose some type of scenario where, like you got in the National League East, where you've got the Mets and the, the um, Nationals and the Phillies all so close to each other, they really don't have much travel, would you impose anything stricter on them or do you just like it the way it is? I think it's fine the way it is. It doesn't really um, cross my mind. I think the way that the divisions are aligned right now is perfect in baseball. Yeah. 
I wouldn't change anything about it. People, they talk about doing just like a kind of like the NBA, how they do the, um, what is it, 16 teams in each league and MLB it would be like 15 in each and not really doing divisions. I'm fine with it the way it is. I like rivalries too. So like obviously there's kind of what you brought up with like the distance and how close they are to each other. Um, but playing each other so many times and like competing against those two or three teams every year, like it increases the hatred and the rivalry, which is good in sport. Like in the NBA, I don't really feel that that exists in the NBA. Like obviously Milwaukee, Chicago, you feel that when the Bulls come to town, but with any other team, like not really a thing. I don't feel like Celtics, obviously there's that big rivalry there. But, um, well, in hockey, they redid the some of the divisions and they they took out like Detroit, Chicago had a great rivalry, and now Detroit's in a in separate different division than Chicago is. And so they kind of took that away. And I, I was just curious because there's from you know, from California, I mean, obviously, we can get to San Francisco, it's a 30 minute flight. But get to San Diego, get to Anaheim Stadium if you're a Dodger fan, get to Arizona. Again, Arizona is a 45-minute flight. So the majority of the teams that we play, it's not very much of a flight. But you guys have a little bit more travel in your division. Um, Yeah, I think the only, like, outlier is Pittsburgh. I mean, Cincinnati, we're talking – the only way I've ever gotten to Cincinnati or St. Louis is driving, and each of those are about six hours. Um. I don't know what that would equate to as a flight, probably an hour or so, hour and thirty. Hour and a half, yeah. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh is the farthest one away. But uh yeah, right. I think it's good how it is. I don't see any reason to change it. All right. So take us home with this. We're we're gonna cross the new year here pretty quick, which means world baseball classic, which means spring training, which means like we've got what is it, ninety-eight days now until opening day. Um so what are you looking forward to in the 2023 season for the Brewers? Seeing them get back to the postseason and getting that postseason chase. Like, uh, obviously, seeing the young guys come up is exciting. Like, you always kind of wonder as a Brewers fan, kind of like we were talking about earlier, you don't see huge signings with the Brewers. Like, maybe once every couple of years, you'll see somebody extended, but getting that big free agent, not really a thing here. It's not something you really look for as a Brewers fan. So what you look forward to is these young guys that come up and it's like, all right, who's going to be that next Robin Yount or who's going to be that next, like Ryan Braun that came up from the farm system, Paul Molitor, and they stay in the organization. They sign that extension. They turn into like a Brewers legend. And the the conversation becomes, are we going to see their number retired someday? Are you going to see him in the hall of fame as a brewer? Um, so that's kind of the big thing I'm looking forward to um, in addition to that postseason chase and getting back there because you kind of get a fresh start now too um, as far as the postseason goes like the conversation for so long was okay it's been four straight years that you've been in the postseason but you haven't made it past the NLDS <laughs> since 2018 when you were in the NLCS so it kind of gets stale in a way and right. people start to kind of get like oh well, I'm not even happy just getting to the postseason now it's like it's world series or bust which is kind of weird to say as a brewers fan but now you kind of get that like fresh start and it's like okay let's just get back to the postseason and like i was saying earlier anything can happen once you're in there so it's going to be a fun season just just going for that listen it's always fun 
I love October. October is my second favorite month of the year. December is my favorite month, but October is my, my second favorite month for three reasons. One, the weather starts to cool down here in California because usually in September we're, we're still dumping into the nineties, hundreds and it's just, ugh, right. Yeah. Number two, you actually four reasons. Number two, you get to make a list of what family members you want to ditch for the holidays. I get excited about that. Oh, sorry, you didn't make the cut this year, next year, right? Number three, you have baseball season. You have October baseball, right? And number four, you can legit watch Charlie Brown's pumpkin patch without anybody looking at you weird. <laughs> don't don't tell me I don't have goals, brother. <laughs> those are all good reasons. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, who's your favorite all-time uh, brewer, by the way? Uh, I like Jeff Jenkins, Ryan Braun's a close second, kind of both those guys that are the homegrown brewers stuck around for a while. Jenkins is kind of like the first part of my childhood, you know, the, uh, up until I was probably 12, 13 years old. And then he left, he went to Philly and won a world series out there. And then Braun kind of took over here in Milwaukee and watched him. And even throughout all the, uh, the scandal, he kind of just remained my, and even after that, because it was fun to go down to Wrigley in the, uh, in my bronze jersey or whatever and give him the standing ovation while everybody's booing him and stuff. So, yeah, he's always kind of remained, uh, remained my guy. I like Yelich now too, but, uh, kind of a toss up between Braun and Jenkins. I actually really liked Ryan Braun. He was, even though he was a Dodger killer, he seemed to level up for the Dodgers. I really did like him. I thought he was legit. So, he was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, he's a clutch guy for sure. A lot of great moments with him that you can still look back on and watch. So. The, uh, awesome. I love it. I love it. So here's what we're going to do, my friend. So, by the way, this drops on Monday. For those of you top fans listening to this, <clears throat> we're doing this on Friday the 23rd. It'll drop on Monday. Um, and then secondly... Uh, we need to get you on on a live sometime with a couple of Brewers fans so you can tell us live kind of what you think you're doing. So I'll let you help me orchestrate that come January. What do you think? Sure thing. That'd be awesome. But I appreciate you jumping on and talking to me about Brewers baseball. And and, and like I said, I just love Brewers being good. I love the Brewers being good because, again, it's that central division. You can fight. I, I'm prone to hate two teams. I'm prone to hate, obviously, the Giants, right? But as the owner of Top Fan Rivalry, I, I respect them being good, and I'm prone to hate the Cardinals because they always knock us out of the playoffs. So anytime you guys can knock around the Cardinals, hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's a good – I'm not a fan of uh, a fan of St. Louis either, so I think we can find some common ground there. It's going to beat them up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> now, some of the top fans that I've met that are Cardinals fans, they're phenomenal people. And I, I love anybody that has true fandom, but when your team gets consistently knocked out of the playoffs by the same team, you know, you start wondering, is there why I ought to, you know, type thing. I mean, that's kind of the way that we feel about Los Angeles here in Milwaukee. That's probably, I, my bad. I should have thought, no, my, okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I should have thought that through. Get knocked out quite a bit by you guys. And then, you know, are you, who's your football team? So this is unique, but when I grew up in the 80s, when I was impressionable in the early 80s, 
there were two football teams in Southern California. They're the Rams, who were awful, with the exception of Eric Dickerson. And there were the Raiders, who were amazing. So I became a Raider fan. Okay. All right. I can see that. I actually, I went to a game in uh, Oakland back a couple years ago, and I thought their fans were actually pretty good out there. I was expecting the opposite, but we had a good time. Can you imagine playing baseball in that same place that you saw the football game at? Yeah, I actually had that thought sitting in there, and I'm like, they gotta do, they gotta do something out here. It was pretty brutal. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story offline when we're done about that stadium. I went to an A's Yankees game at the Coliseum, and it was a very unique experience. Okay, <laughs> it was a very unique experience, but yeah, yeah, I um. I uh, I mean, it's proximity, right? I'm not one of those crazy Raider fans or one of those guys that wants to fight everybody because you're not a Raider fan. I just, it was proximity as a kid and they were really good at the time. And I loved Marcus Allen and he played for the Raiders. So it made sense. But yeah. Anyways. All right, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to, we'll tag you, make sure that people are knowing who you are and following you. You got a great Instagram account. Um, I, that's why I reached out to you to start out with was because you were awesome with your, your, not only your Milwaukee fandom, but your, uh, adult league too. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. We'll have you on soon. Appreciate you, my friend. Right. Thanks. Take care. Uh -huh.